0: This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Hi, this is Dominic Pace, who plays Geck with the Bounty Hunter from The Mandalorian, and you are listening to Conversations Podcast. Conversations, it's a translation. Was Nation, it's a celebration.
1: Hello and welcome to
2: Conversations, I'm Charles and I'm Pat and this is episode 62, the fledging rebellion against the Empire relied on leaders with resolve, soldiers with skill, fighters with guts and grit and pilots with precision. Few names are etched into history in the age of rebellion: Akbar Skywalker, Organa, Solo, and Antilles. Red Two, prepare to make your attack run on the podcast.
1: <laughs> no, it impacted on the surface.
2: <laughs> hate it when that happens. Oh man! So Antilles, Captain Wedge Antilles.
1: Yeah quite the story with him and uh obviously in the new hope we first met him but as time went on he just kept coming back and coming back and it's fantastic
2: well i mean kind of okay <laughs> I, mean, I mean there's that whole uh that whole controversy about wedge on the fourth moon of yavin when uh he's talking about how um it's impossible to, to hit a target that's only two meters wide. Well,
1: you're not talking about the
2: real Wedge. I mean, come on. Well, I mean, I guess we'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but first,
1: I think we should say that I only now know that Wedge Antilles is not remotely related to Ramus Antilles, which I had assumed that they were like father and son until doing some research for this and it's like, oh. Right.
2: When we first see him in The New Hope. He essentially um, keeps the rebellion alive. Sear me out. When Luke's making the attack run on the Death Star, of course, there was a TIE fighter that he couldn't shake. Mm-hmm. and uh, Wedge pew-pews him out of the sky allowing Luke to not only make the shot and destroy the Death Star but Survived the space battle. Mm. So, you know, had he not been there with his impressive piloting skills and um being the great shot that he is, Luke would have died.
1: That's true. It would be a quick end to his story.
2: Right, and all oh, hail the Empire. So, <laughs> so of which I mean, he was I... flying for, of course. Well, not at that time. Well, no, no, right. Right. But yeah, but essentially he's he's the the success of the rebellion is kind of, you know, he he gave the assist on that one. That's very cool. That's a good point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He and Luke actually are the only two pilots to survive.
1: Yeah. And it's cool. Like I never made that association when watching the movie. You see two X-Wings. But he sort of never really sinks in, at least for me, never really sunk in that that was, was Wedge.
2: Yeah, so they, you know, work together to blow up the Death Star. And then, of course, they have their celebration on Yavin and mm-hmm. all this. Trying to see if I could see Wedge in
1: the grouping, but I couldn't see him. Like, you see some, no. like, the orange flight suits, but you can't really pick him out. But, like, just as you had said that how important, how pivotal of a role he played, you'd think you would have got a little bit of recognition, especially as, like, one of four people coming back alive.
2: <laughs> yeah. Seems to me that that would be something that that they would uh, shower down accolades for or something. Yeah. And then it goes to uh, the Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. Now, what else is strange to me that I guess works um, somehow is, you know, in Hoth, uh, in that battle, they they go from the Red Squadron, to Rogue Squadron. Yeah. He's Rogue Two in Hoth, the Hoth mm-hmm. Battle. Right. One of the other uh, Rogue pilots is um, Hobby. Where was he on Yavin? Where was he with Death Star 1? Right. Right?
1: Right. He was must like, have been one of those in the audience while Luke and Han were receiving their medals and Chewie was being dissed. Right. I mean, not getting a medal. Dissed. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Right. So, but uh, and we'll get back to hobby later. Okay. Okay. But, um, okay. Because that's yeah. really exciting. But okay. Right. I mean, one of us is more excited about than the other, but that's fine. <laughs> um. So, so, so they um participate in the battle of Ha. and actually, not only that, the uh, he conducts the search for Luke and Han after the uh, the encounter with the Wampa and all. Uh huh. Exactly. So, you know, again. He's like helping Luke out big time and, uh, you know, helping to propel the story forward. You know, again, this is the only other guy that survived this previous battle with you. You're going to look for him. <laughs> you know <what> I mean?
1: <laughs> Absolutely.
2: <laughs> and then they fight Imperials
1: together, just like old times. And after Luke comes up with the idea to use the tow cables to tie them around the feet or the legs of the AT-ATs, after discovering yes. that their blasters aren't going to be effective, Wedge, of course, and his co-pilot are the first uh, ship to actually successfully take down an AT-AT with that technique.
2: Hmm. Yeah. That's good to know. Yeah, and, um, you know, obviously because of that weakness, they altered the the next-generation walkers to... To have the uh, you know the gorilla legs up front to um, prevent the same thing. Great, you know again it's that sort of evolution of design where you recognize a flaw and then you work to fix it. Fix it,
1: yeah. And it's that's a <laughs> that's a fantastic point because like you have those. I mean, it looks almost like you know gorilla like you know like I remember that comparison when it mm-hmm. first came out, but that yeah. then prevents that flaw, that design flaw.
2: Mm-hmm. Hmm. Oh yeah. So then he ends up attacking another Death Star in Return of the Jedi. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> he likes his Death Stars. <laughs> right. Well, he doesn't like his Death Stars. Well, this is true. That's He likes getting rid of his Death Stars. So he is now Red Leader. They've gone from uh, Red to Rogue to Red or <laughs> Rouge to Rogue to Rouge for our French listeners. Um. <laughs> And, uh, you know, he guides uh, Lando's attack on the second Death Star.
1: Right. And, you know, that was one of the funny things, too. Not funny things, but like one of the cool things to see when sort of looking out for uh, Wedge and you see them in General Nadine's you know, briefing on the uh, the cruiser. And he's sitting beside uh, Nine Numb. And then you realize, like, holy crap, Nine Numb is really tall, like freakishly tall. <laughs> Wendy, you, got, yeah. you think that he's this like... Uh, sort of puppet-sized character within yeah, the falcon's so Like no, he's he's freakishly tall, like taller than um,
2: Wedge. Yeah, very strange. Yeah, because you see him in the cockpit as Falcon. Yeah, and I swear, like they took the seat out to get him in. <laughs> that's why he looks like he's so low. Exactly.
1: Well, at least he's not wearing Han's clothes. I mean, that's nice.
2: Well, I mean. I probably only had one spare outfit in there, so <laughs> or that.
1: one that would fit uh, Lando and not uh, freakishly tall. Yeah, of them.
2: <laughs> his uh, his sleeves are now like his half sleeves. Yeah, <laughs> he looks like Steve Rogers after the Super Soldier Serum. His clothes are ill fitting. Oh man, <laughs> what a mess! Mike Quinn, everybody. Yes,
1: Mike Quinn, and by yeah. the way, Mike Quinn is a very good friend of uh star walking um which of yes. course is that fan group in australia that we were introduced to by our good buddies uh Mike and Dale it's true all of it and uh they've had
2: several conversations with Mike Quinn so very cool very cool you know you know who else is a friend of somebody else <laughs> wedge is a friend of obi-wan <laughs> <laughs> I figured I'd shoehorn that in somewhere. Yeah, so Dennis Lawson, who is wedge, as I think everybody knows, is Ewan McGregor's uncle Uncle. So yes. that's very because, cool. You know, you got these couple of guys and then you know they both get bits in Star Wars and they're related. Mm-hmm. So pretty awesome.
1: And both of them for the good
2: guys and they don't join the dark side. That's good. <laughs> right. Exactly. If Seth Rogan's taught us anything it's <laughs> Exactly <laughs> not to join the dark side. So <laughs> So, um after Return of the Jedi, he was on a recon mission trying to get some intel on like the uh splintered cells of the Empire. Yes. And uh so he went to Akiva to um check on that and to kind of uh do some, some recon work. And um he was captured. Yes. And he was there until the Akiva Rebellion and then he went on to form the Phantom Squadron mm. that took part in liberating Kashyyyk. Yes. Yep. And then, of course, um, and then he like it was unsanctioned, so the New Republic was like, "You can't be doing that." And he's like, "Yeah, whatever." He reforms <laughs> it just in time for the um, Battle of Jakku.
1: Yes. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So then they kind of put the final nail in the Empire's coffin with that battle. Of course, that's the wreckage on Jakku that uh, Ray oh, speeds by so cool. in uh, the Force Awakens.
1: Yeah, yeah, and so you're referencing right there as the aftermath series, and that was a, you know, that was a really cool read. And you know, the Chuck Wendig series, you know, for me, the first book was a bit of a trudge to get through story wise, but two and three just flew by. And, um, you know, that's right. And he was captured by um, uh, Ray Sloan from the, uh, the Imperials, like or at least one of the cells, and very cool character, and. You know, with uh, him being rescued in part with some of uh, Nora Wexley's group, including her son and and Mister Bones, a fantastic character. Uh, Him then getting involved with the liberation of Kashyyyk and life debt that the second book. Yes. You know, it originally was sanctioned by Leia because Leia had asked them to go and get Han, and then when they came back, Han decided to stay because of the life debt that he felt to Chewie. So you have the OT characters in there and you have Wedge playing a really pivotal role, like you said, uh, within the books and in the larger scope of what's going on. um, You have like these these cells, like you said, of the Imperials or what's left of the Empire and then really sort of laying the groundwork for The Force Awakens and Snoke and some of these uh, sort of Really mystical, magical things going on in that on Jakku, the Emperor's contingency plan, I think it was. yeah For him, if he was going to die, yes. this is what was going to happen. And it ultimately leads to Exegol. Right. So there's like a pre, it's a preface to what we see in the sequel trilogy. And so while still being a really cool adventure, really lays the groundwork for the sequel trilogy itself.
2: Yeah. And, you know, that was the main concern, I think, with a lot of the authors and comic writers and all is. You've got point A, which is the original trilogy, and, you know, point B, which is the sequel trilogy. And how do you kind of set things in motion to go from here to there? Mm -hmm. Like, what makes sense to to get the story on this trajectory? So, you know, when you've got certain things that are referenced, like, for example, like when Obi-Wan mentions the Clone Wars in, in A New Hope. That was nothing at the time, but then, you know, when you go back in time and then you see the Clone Wars and all, it's like, okay, well that line makes a lot of sense in context now. Right. You know? Right. So, you know, when you've got all these, these things that are referenced in uh, supplemental material, then you're like, okay, it's kind of setting, uh, planting these seeds and setting these events in motion. So then when you see it on screen in the sequel children, you're like, okay. Yeah. Well, that's taking place, you know, ten years prior, twenty years prior, and that kind of um sets these pieces into play so that they're where they need to be to have the sequel story start out and then and then go on from there, you know. Yeah,
1: and hopefully it makes sense. Like you said, the you know, and then now yeah. the Mandalorian is taking some of that role where uh, it's seeding some of its storyline with again plot points and and hints of what eventually could be and you know as divisive as the sequel trilogy has been you know obviously with time a could be what more well received just like the people trilogy but um uh with those nuggets of story that make things more clear you know can only certainly help with uh with uh, with that and um and so after the aftermath series uh, there was another novel, uh, Resistance Reborn, which was between yes. uh, Last Jedi and uh, Rise of Skywalker, where after after the Battle of Crait, Leia had put out her call for all help and nothing came. Snap Wexley, so Snap, we all know, um, who's the mm-hmm. son of Nora Wexley, of course, uh, and yes. became like a son to Wedge, uh, well, dr- especially in the Aftermath series.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, I would say... Especially since he ended up marrying Nora Wexley, he did become like a right. stepson right yeah or a stepson
1: a stepson <laughs> yes but but emotionally before that even happened yeah. that that connection was there like you know snap was supportive of their relationship with the father being in you know around uh snap still supported his uh, you know wedges sort of affections for uh, his mother but yeah so uh, snap did go back to akiva to try and recruit nora and wedge to join the rebellion they did to a certain degree but it was only until lando came around or that obviously as we see in the rise of skywalker which is where his last appearance is he ultimately decides to join that big battle at exegol
2: and then of course you know they win
1: yes because
2: well I don't say it's because Wedge was a part of it, but you can't rule it out. Absolutely. So, I mean, that being said, you know, I'm on board with it. Um, (laughs) 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 But, um, yeah, so there's a lot of other stuff, like the uh, New Hope radio drama.
1: Yes, yes. Before we get to that, before we get to that, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and we're also going to talk about a poll that I posted on Twitter about pivotal moments in Wedge's story arc. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. All right. (laughs) All right, damn it. (laughs) I don't like breaks.
0: From the core planets to the outer rim, Air Anakin sets the standard for luxury hyperspace travel announcing our newest class of transport, the Nabari Cruiser. Each passenger will be granted Jedi Master Class amenities.
1: Another glass of Felucian Mangees, Liquor Master? Oh, wow! Um, do you really think I should? You should be fine. By the time we arrive on Ord Mantel, we'll likely be under the New Galactic Empire. I
0: may have one with you so sit back and relax it's air Anakin's speciality one-way trips to alderaan are now
2: three-fourths off regular price don't miss this high ground special and we're back so uh for your next flight to exegol consider air anakin
1: when you do, actually, you get one of those free little uh, wayfinders as a keepsake.
2: Oh, do you? Yeah. It, oh, it, like it's, the little pilot wings that they give young travelers?
1: Exactly. But these little Aww. things have little light, like almost like little Christmas lights inside. They just light up as if you're following a path. It's pretty cool.
2: Yeah. Well, I didn't get one. Well, oh. <laughs> well if
1: you want one, they're 60 bucks at Galaxy's Edge. But
2: yeah. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> as I was saying before, I was rudely interrupted by, you know, um, our continuity <laughs> We gotta pay the bills. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so the the A New Hope radio drama mm. um, is okay. So it's for one movie, and it's like over four hours long. Mm-hmm. So it's got. I mean, if if you just recorded the downs and the dialogue from the movie, you're still adding. You're still almost doubling that. Yeah. Yep. Essentially. So there is a great deal of of supplemental material in that. Luke's going to Toshi Station and and like carrying on with his friends. And I used to think that Uncle Owen was a jerk for being like, don't spend time with your loser friends and all this. And then like when he's at Tashi Station and he's and he's got like these, it's basically like the the cats in the football team in high school. Yes, but like. Five years later, where like he still thinks he's the captain of the football team and he's a nobody in his mid 20s. You know, it's like, what a loser. (laughs) So it's got all sorts of bits, which, you know, was interesting because the only other female in A New Hope besides Leia and Baru, of course, was one of Luke's friends. And that scene got cut. So, <laughs> so she wasn't in the movie um. but there's a whole thing with like racing through Tatooine which is really cool you know they did it in like 1980 and it's got a scene where Luke is you know piloting his T-16 and he's going through the, the needle and, and doing all these crazy like flight maneuvers just like Biggs and all this it's very symmetric with with the pod race. Yes,
1: exactly, exactly. So, yep. which,
2: which, of course, we're twenty years later. Yeah, yep. you know what I mean. So, so you've got that sort of feel, at not in 1980, in and uh, you know, and it's all audio. You know, it's all the the, the narration, the uh, dialogue, and the sound effects, and all. It's like, man, this this feels like a pod race. The kind of way that yep. this is set up, very not as organized. As a pod race. <laughs> as a boutique classic, definitely doesn't have Greg Proops, uh, you know, commentating on it. However, nor nor
1: Bub, uh, you know, commentating. Yeah, yeah. Nah,
2: yeah. so, um, <laughs> it does. So, it. I mean, it probably should, but it's very. You okay? You're right over there. All right. So it's. <laughs> that was amazing. Cam, get to work on it, buddy. Um, I wanna hear the entire pod race you know, commentary. Trump it up. It. <laughs> <laughs> so I wanna hear him say Savoba. That's what I wanna hear. Um so
1: <laughs> but yes, I, I completely yeah, so, agree. Yeah.
2: Yeah, so they have this this whole like scene there and everything else. But um, you know, there's a lot of stuff between Luke and Biggs and yes. that. Yes. And like and it's and it's just it's, ha- you know, seeing, hearing that and then seeing the movie and um just kind of knowing, oh, you know, everybody was jealous of Biggs because he's a he's a great pilot. And, you know, Biggs gave Luke the time of day and like yes. they were they were friends. Yes. They wasn't just some guy that mm-hmm. Luke looked up to. Yeah. And. You know, so Luke comes to him and is talking about being in the flight academy and all this and how they're defecting to the rebels and all this. So when Luke sees him in the movie and it's like, oh, we got to catch up and, then, you know, after we get back. Yeah. And then yep. it's just it's kind of like, oh, you know, it said that enriches that relationship so that it totally does. Biggs doesn't make it back. It's like, oh, man, you know, it's. It sucks. It's sad.
1: And, oh, yeah. you know, the radio drama, like you said, you know, humanizes Luke from the get go. And it yeah. sort of grounds him in sort of the awe It grounds him in the, you know, looking up to Biggs. But Biggs has got that. He looks out for him. And you don't get that sense necessarily within the movie and, until you see them in the hangar. Um, yeah. And the. One of the deleted scenes that you can find on Disney Plus is that deleted scene with uh, Red Leader at the time. Um, yeah. And he runs into Biggs and they start talking. They have that camaraderie. And then the Red Leader says, are you sure you can buy that thing? And then Biggs gives him like, oh, oh yeah. Are you, are you he's, kidding like, me? he's
2: the best push pilot in the Outer Rim. He'll be fine. Yeah.
1: And then, well, you'll yeah. be fine then. Yeah. And again, Rolling that's a really cool scene that. It would have really been cool to have that in the movie. It's great to have it filmed. That reinforces that back home roots sort of, not yeah. family, but like found family. It, 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 You know, it just really does reinforce that found family feeling of where he came from and and also then speaking to his skill.
2: Oh, yeah. So, I mean, that being said, there's such a deep well of additional material in the in the radio drama and yeah. and, in the, and the and the, the one that you know is pertinent to this conversation is the one um where I don't know if you know this but Leia's ship got boarded ahead of when we saw it in the movie so really? yeah so what happens is they get boarded and Wedge is, is on the ship with her. Okay. So and,
1: wait a second here. I'll. Okay. So Ramus Antilles, who is not related to Wedge Antilles, uh-huh. who is the captain of the Tantive 4
2: Uh huh. But Wedge is also on the before. Okay. 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 He's on it before. So so what happens is this. Um, in the film, Vader says to her, you weren't on any mercy mission this time.
1: No, oh, no, no. He says, you weren't on any
2: mercy mission. Yes. Yes, exactly. That's, I, I do stand corrected. I apologize. It was, you weren't on any mercy mission this time. Continue. Yes. So, um, this time, <laughs> uh, because, um, he had, I, then, the, now uh, the timeline is, is, is uncertain. However, uh, is probably like a couple days before. Okay. They were like, something's going on with the Tanty V4 and like, we're, we're super suspicious of these people. So they go on there and like, Leia's like, nothing to see here. Everything's fine. <laughs> and, um, everything is fine. So it's like, okay, well, I guess we have no because they were like, Oh, we'll interrogate them and all this and basically she and, and Wedge is like, um, no, because they're like galactic citizens and you know, she's a princess, she's royalty. So what do you think it's gonna look like if you, you know, start interrogating and all this? Mm. Innocent people, like then you're gonna look like a jerk, probably. right? Right. So they don't. And there's this Imperial that like has the hots for Leia and all, and he's like, They bugged the ship and um they know it's bugged. So Leia kind of, you know, toys with her conversations to make him think he's got a shot if he lets her return to her ah. father on Alderan and all. So he does, and then, you know, he meets her on Alderan and all this, and he knows of a secret weapons slash base that the Empire's building Ooh. that people aren't supposed to know about. And because Baylor Ghana was very uh generous to those throughout the galaxy and he had extended this individual uh, an invitation to come to Alderan and, and you know and and share a meal, I guess. Huh. So he now takes him up on this offer. Now that Leia's like of age, I guess he's like weird. He's creepy. Okay. Um, so <laughs> while he's at this dinner, um, somebody mentions Death Star. Which like verbalizes was, the word Death Star. Yes. Wow. Which was like top secret. So like their cover's blown, and he knows it. So uh, so anyway. But that being said, then the rebellion wheels are in motion, and everything. So that by the time we see them in A New Hope. The events of Rogue One have happened, uh, okay. and she had the plans. And at this point, he knew that she had the plans and all that. The first time in the radio drama, they had no evidence that they were right. up to anything. That's
1: really cool. Yeah. So only because of those events that happened before did he even know what this Death Star thing was, right. and therefore was engaged to get those plans off of Scarif.
2: Right. So oh, Leia, That's cool. Leia found out from his interest in her
1: that's a really cool part of it because you have the radio drama expanding upon that sort of backstory and giving again more context not that it's canon obviously uh no one has ever I mean obviously it's pre-2012 so everything behind that is is not canon but uh, as much as like the Plagueis novel is so close to events happening you'd expect it's still fun to think about those things and within and contextualize what's gonna happen within the quote unquote canon parts of the story.
2: Yeah, um, and I mean if you're so eager to switch over to Canon, then we can do that too. <laughs> um so, you know, obviously Wedge was uh I mentioned it earlier, was born on Corellia. Yes. He flew cargo ships before joining the Academy, the Academy that Luke talks about in a new so, hope. So it's
1: not just in the radio drama, it's in a new hope. He wants to join the Academy.
2: Yeah. 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 And he can join the Academy next year after the evaporators are evaporated. And, and <laughs> I can get some extra got, help. Yes. Right. Exactly. Nobody wants to farm moisture evaporators, bro. That's why you need those droids like ASAP. So um, in that time frame, that sits Right between the events of episode three and episode four, mm-hmm. which is when Rebels takes place. Exactly. Now, before we
1: get to Rebels, the
2: one Oh the, my god, do we have to take another break? No, no. Okay, no, all right. No,
1: we got one. All we right. only got one break. Um, all right. So, like you're saying, he's flying freighters. <laughs> we're not dead are we? No, 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 no. No, we're not. Well, we are, but Back our current... Dark Cruiser's coming up.
2: Better run a couple more commercials. <laughs>
1: We're not being paid by the current ones. Why would we add another one? Um That's true. <laughs> so when he's piloting those freighters, he has a, a run-in with some pirates. And in the ensuing battle with those pirates, he actually gets his first kill. And this is like a, like a very pivotal moment for him. And that also catches the eye of the Imperial recruiters, which is where... He's then recruited into Sky Strike Academy, which is where we pick up his story in Rebels. He
2: still has that right from wrong feeling. The Rebels are looking for pilots. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, <laughs> I guess they had several A-wings were attacked in the beginning of season three of Rebels, and they lost a lot of pilots. Yeah. They figure, well, we don't have the resources to train them, so we need trained pilots. Problem is, only people training pilots. <laughs> are the Imperials. <laughs> so, so they're like, oh, okay, so we got to find them and then we need to turn them. So, Fulcrum gives the rebels a little bit of intel, uh, a little hot tip mm-hmm. about some Imperial cadets in Skystrike Academy that are looking to defect to the Rebellion um, for several reasons, most of them being um, they're the Empire and they're they're awful, terrible mm-hmm. and um, want to kill everybody. So, yeah.
1: They were on a mission, a flight mission, and they were instructed, or their squadron was instructed, to fire upon and kill unarmed freighters. Yeah. And like that was the turning point for Wedge.
2: Yeah, because it's it's one of those things where you, if you have a conscience, you either need to leave the Empire or you need to lose the conscience. Yeah. Because you will not get anywhere mm-hmm. with it. And you know it's for people like that people like wedge, people like good people <laughs> <laughs> you're not gonna be able to live with yourself in that environment, yeah, and you know he and a couple buddies had recognized that, and they um well, classmates were really yeah, I don't know they were buddies, um, so they realized that, and they were looking to defect, so can, can, um, can I can I, can I,
1: can I, can I say the names of, of people who also wanted to defect?
2: Can can, can hold on, just just one second. We'll, we'll... okay. He's like chomping at the bit for this. Um, you know, he watched an episode of Rebels and was like, "OMG, you're not gonna believe this." And I'm like, "That one?" He's like, "Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> I'll have yeah. you know.
1: I was watching Empire Strikes Back, thank you very much, when I made the connection. Which had nothing to do with an episode of Rebels I had watched an hour before. Okay. There.
2: But but I feel like you watched Empire like 40 years ago.
1: Don't get smart with me, it's not like you.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Don't get smart with me. Uh, So, so. They don't know the names of these recruits that wish to defect. So the rebels are like, okay, well, what are we going to do? Kanan, obviously, is not the right choice. <laughs> Clearly. Clearly. Yeah. Um, Hera, again, not a human. So not the right choice. Nope. Because the Empire is is this species mm-hmm. and... Um, and they don't like anything but humans, yes. um, so so then it's like, okay, well, Ezra Bridger, okay, he's already kind of you know had enough scrapes with the Imperials that like they're he's on their radar for sure, so then that just leaves uh, Zeb with- <laughs> Really, it's not going to work. Come on, it's so Chopper. And you know, Chopper can't follow directions, so he's not in. <laughs> no, no, so he can. Like, uh, he doesn't want to. <laughs> right. Exactly. He doesn't have to. So right. why should he? So you know, then it's like, okay, well, Sabina, it is. Yeah, here we go. So, uh, and she, and so like, they come to this conclusion, like going all the way around and coming back to Sabina. She's like, I was in the academy, you do doof- this. Is. Like I know how to do this. I was in it, so so they're like, "Oh, well, that makes sense." And she's like, "Yeah, I know." Obvious. I know. Right. Like that's why I said it, as so, Michelle
1: would say, "I know." I know. So
2: so she I presumably dyes her hair because it's the same hairstyle, and all. I don't think it's a wig, right? But because uh, she can't be having that crazy hair in, right. in the service to the Empire. Come on now, no, don't be ridiculous. So um. So she, you know, gets her little tie, uh, tie uniform on, and uh, heads on over to Sky Strike to, um, to get the deets on these defectors. Mm-hmm. So she goes in and finds them. Okay, now you, you may, you may tell us the names of, of the recruits that she finds. Okay. Well, I feel like there's a lot of build up to this, <laughs> and all three listeners are gonna be like, Yeah, I, I know. know.
1: I know. <laughs> okay, well, first one we know, obviously, is Wedge, because we've been right. talking about him for 40 yes. minutes.
2: This is his episode. Okay. Got so
1: Wedge it. is one of them. Um, someone else, another one, is
2: uh cake. Oh, sorry, break. That's <laughs> why I call yeah, him. It's cake. Not cake. <laughs> it's really I was like cake. I don't remember his name being cake, but he sounds delicious. <laughs>
1: He died at the buffet. No, um,
2: <laughs> he died in, in the mess cake. hall. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, so we got we got wedge. It's a bad food fight actually. right.
1: It was food poisoning. All right. Oh. So cake
2: and wedge. Cake wedge of cake. Got
1: it. <laughs> Rake and wedge. And the third one is hobby from hobby. Hobby you mean
2: the same hobby from hoth.
1: Yes, from hoth. So I absolutely lost my mind. You
2: did. You told me that. I
1: I text bombed Pat. I was so, I was beside (laughs) myself. And I had heard, believe me, and you're right, I did see the damn movie 40 years ago. And that was the first time I saw it. The 40 odd times I've seen it since then, or 50 or 60, whatever many times. I have never fully understood what Luke said. At that time, when his uh, snowspeeder hit the snow, he called out to Hobby, like, you know, a call sign. And so I just happened to have the subtitles on in the on the movie while I was watching it. And I had watched, you know, the Rebels arc with Wedge, of course, uh, two or three days earlier. And I was like, oh, my freaking God. Hobby. Now, obviously, (laughs) Dave Filoni is a... Star Wars superfan. So yeah. for him to pull that name and reference that back to Rebels is fantastic. I mean, he's done that so many times. Those little nuggets, you know, they do that in the prequels. They do that in the sequels. Mm-hmm. That's like one of the full enrichment parts of, of Star Wars. But I, I mean, I, I was, I certainly thought that I had one up on you, but of course you didn't, you knew that already, but I still think I it's that. still fantastic. And like, oh, you know what? I'm <laughs> going to go to bed smiling tonight because that was really
0: cool.
2: <laughs> I was so, you were so excited. It was like, it was like 12 exclamation points. I'm like, oh boy. All right, here we go.
1: <laughs> but yeah, so Sabine. Manages to find three defectors. Jake
2: uh, needs to stay behind. Yes. Because his um, sister was taken by them. So in this academy, which we also see a bit of that with Ezra and that other guy when he's in the Imperial Cadet Program. Yes. You know, these two individuals, Ezra included, appear to be Force-sensitive so you know that's one of the things that the the imperial trainers are looking for, mm. and so they kind of tag these two and say, "Hey, you know, um, we want to keep an eye on them for for force abilities," uh, which then leads to them either being disposed of or or used as inquisitors or something of that nature. So cake, <laughs> I'm gonna call him cake <laughs> from now on. Um, his sister. He believes that she she disappeared uh, for that reason. So Ah. he stays behind to try and, uh, you know, get answers to either find her or find out what happened to her because Mm. she's just gone.
1: And if it wasn't for Sabine's prowess, I mean, you've got these three defectors sort of um, trying to figure out how they're going to get out of their predicament after being captured by Arinda Price's little Mm. test of them. Uh, yes. Next thing they know, Sabine's there and opening the door. So she's clearly well in command of this and is an awesome character, as we know. So oh, she yeah. she manages to spring them and um, meet up with Phoenix Squadron. And mm-hmm. Wedge and Hobby are now part of Phoenix Squadron, unlike a burgeoning rebellion.
2: Yeah, which is really the, the start of their involvement with the rebels. And then, of course, that continues As, you know, as we talked about throughout the Mm storyline. But, you know, I I can only imagine that Javi was, you know, maybe in the mess hall or something um, (laughs) during the uh, Battle of Yavin, I
1: guess. Well, when Thrawn had the rebels on the ropes and they're attacking them on Adlon and Kanan is speaking to... uh, Bendu. Bendu, thank you. Thrawn has Adlon under siege and uh, Kanan is talking to the Bendu. Wedge takes hobby leads one of the like the air assault proving that wedge has this innate ability eight to lead and also, also very heroic and already at this time was a very integral part of phoenix squadron and survives obviously and as the phoenix squadron cell is enrolled into the major one that's based on yavin 4 which is like just right, right up to a new hope at that point
2: yeah i mean and that's you know that's that's part of the Genius of their um, seamless tie-ins, yeah. You know where they, they kind of set these things in motion and set them on this path that leads to the things that we already know and love from, you know, the original trilogy or the prequel trilogy, right. and then those types of things that that are direct results back then of things that are developing, you know, now in those gaps of time. Right. Know?
1: So that really brings. Our story of Wedge full circle.
2: Right? Well, uh, that's fake news. Okay. And um just like fake wedge? Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. So I knew that I knew that there was gonna be a slam dunk segue in here somewhere. And I'm I'm
0: happy to oblige.
2: To uh, however, yeah. So um yeah, Wedge, I love Dennis Lawson. Mm-hmm. I think he's great. Um, the uh, casting directors uh, did not love him so much. So um, he lost out the role to Colin Higgins. So I don't know why, okay? Because, one, he's got bad attitude. Mm. He's got <laughs> Clearly, not, he's questioning not Luke. Best, not the best face. And, like, they didn't use his voice anyway. Just because he
1: looks like a gelfling doesn't mean he doesn't have a good face.
2: It's not a good face. (laughs) It's not. I mean, I'm baffled as to why they thought that he's the better pick. But anyway, they did it. Maybe Dennis wanted more money or something. I I don't know. I don't know. So they cast Colin Higgins as Wedge. And they get through that first day of filming. And, uh, you know, he's all matter of fact about how, you know, it's impossible to bullseye a womper or some nonsense. And right. Luke's like, shut up. So now
1: let's just take a moment. So what we're saying is Colin Higgins, the actor. Yes,
2: he was an actor. Right. He might still be an actor. Yeah. I don't know. I
1: th- I think he's still alive because I think he's on the contour now. People obviously associate him with Star Wars.
2: But he
1: is the guy sitting beside Luke in the briefing yeah. after viewing the Death Star plans, right? And he's the one who's uh, the 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 doubting Thomas, and says that's impossible. Right. Yeah, that's Wedge Antilles being played yeah. by him versus yeah. Dennis Lawson, because you know h- how many years did it take for me to realize that? And it is canon that this these two characters are the same. I mean, Pablo Hidalgo himself wrote a. An article on StarWars.com back in 2013 talking about literally fake wedge and what happened with that entire casting, and so it is really part of Star Wars lore at this time, and it's it's really cool little nugget.
2: Yeah, and I think it's really funny because you know obviously he he has this scene that he films, and then things go sideways and he gets canned. So then what happens is he. So then, Dennis Lawson is now wet. Mm-hmm. So it's like, all right, well, I guess we're back on track. But <laughs> then we already filmed that scene, and like, do we have to go back and film it again? Yeah, who's gonna and see it's like, that? No, we don't. <laughs> so then it's like, well, they, they kind of have the same like hair, and you know, whatever. Uh, Dennis has a better face or something. So um, so then it becomes a, oh, well, I guess this is Wedge. And that's uh, fake Wedge. Right. I so, mean,
1: they're probably telling themselves at this point, like, who in their right mind is going to be watching this movie 40 years from now? And put together...
2: Ten years from now. <laughs> five years from now.
1: <laughs> this little detail about an actor playing a role of a character that's not even named. its like a throwaway line.
2: Yes. Present. Yeah. That's us. <laughs> yeah, that's us. So, and and several other people. Several so, hundred thousand other so people, yes. So, essentially, you know, he gets dubbed Fake Wedge. Right. So, <laughs> then, in a certain point of view, there is a, uh, a a little story that includes him, and that's where they establish that he has a you know a given name or um, a biblical name that is not fake wedge. Um, he is he is Cole Tackbright, okay. But since I guess he wants to be wedge, kind of looks like wedge, people thought he was wedge like the other people in the rebellion <laughs> refer to him as fake web. Fake canon. <laughs> I haven't read that. That's classic. Yes. Like, like the other pilots are like, okay, whatever fake <laughs> Like He totally has that nickname. Canon.
1: And that's canon because that's a yes. certain point. Of,
2: wow. Yes. That's cool. That's so cool. <laughs> so, so I think, and you know, part of this whole thing was you know Dennis Lawson is not American and they mm-hmm. wanted Wedge to have an American accent. Mm-hmm. So in A New Hope they had David Ankrum voice Wedge in the cockpit and all. You know what I mean? All the, all his voice lines. So Dennis was like, "Well, that's kind of weird. I'm feeling like Sabine right now because I can do an American accent. <laughs> you just didn't ask for one." Wow. So then Lucasfilm in Empire was like oh, you can do an American accent? All right, do an American accent. (laughs) And he does it. And he does it for the rest of the series.
1: That's fantastic. So Hmm. A New Hope represents three actors portraying one character.
2: Yeah. And and, with like such weird circumstances surrounding (laughs) it.
1: For such a pivotal character. I mean, about one character that has spanned the entire saga. Yeah. That's fantastic.
2: Yeah. And I don't know if it would have happened if Colin Higgins portrayed him. Gowflang? <laughs> <Delphling? laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, it's just such a weird thing, and you brought up the, the, you know, oh, should we talk about Fake Wedge? I was like, uh, yeah. Because <laughs> it's such a bizarre story. <laughs> There's no way we can avoid that. <laughs> right, right. It's 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 a perfect end to this nonsense. Anyway. Yes. <laughs> so,
1: yes, I put a question out there Twitter on Twitter, yeah. And I had said Wedge Antilles, one heck of a pilot, and has a great history in the saga. What's your favorite era of his story arc? Okay, and I gave four options. So there's uh, thirty five total votes.
2: <laughs> okay.
1: First option was Star Wars Rebels. Okay. Second was original trilogy. Uh-huh. Third option was Aftermath series. Oh. Okay. And fourth was Rise of Skywalker. So within about 30 you seconds. You can only
2: have you can only have four options. Yes, there's right? only four.
1: Yeah. Now I put but Rise of Skywalker on there for a reason. But uh-huh. within about 30 seconds, uh our buddies over at Scarf Podcast replied with Wait, you have a podcast? <laughs> No, actually, we didn't get one of those.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. All right. No.
1: Scarif, likely, Roe, replied with, Does 3.2 seconds in Rise of Skywalker constitute an arc?
2: So, now, I get that I don't part. No, if, I, you know what? You know what? It only takes 3.2 seconds to bullseye a womp rat. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, it does.
2: <laughs> now,
1: why I included that, and I
2: responded with
1: this very, almost immediately, was that, the reason why I put that in there was because by the virtue of seeing him in Rise of Skywalker, you have now backfilled a potential story from the end of the Aftermath series up until the the Battle of Exegol. And now yes. Wedge is still alive. He's got, unfortunately, you know, he did not know that his stepson died within mere seconds before his appearance in the movie, but it's still even at the last battle at the end of the saga, he's still there. And I, that's why I thought it was an important part of his story. Yes, So Now, to the results. With 0% of the votes, Rise of Skywalker.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Zero? Zero. get one vote.
1: Not even one vote. Not even one vote.
2: Wow, that's...
1: Then it goes to Star Wars Rebels with nine. Wow. Okay. Then Aftermath series with 31. And the clear winner... 60% original trilogy. Okay. Which you'd expect. Yeah. And the yeah. division after that makes sense for, you know, for the sort of time on screen and, and I guess character development and stuff. But, uh, yes. So that was right. the poll. So, uh, interesting, interesting, uh, results. <laughs> Zero. Zero. Wow. Zero. All Not right. even one vote. Not even a sympathy vote. <laughs> nope.
2: Nope. <laughs> oh, man. Well, yeah. I mean, that's, um, <laughs> what i would expect yes. yes i would expect our original trilogy would be yes would be, because all of our um accolades for wedge as a character are mainly centered around what he does in the original trilogy yes yes you know so there's a lot of wedge content there that's really important to the mm-hmm. saga so it makes sense so yeah. um so <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry so um our friends are dorks uh, so, I guess um we're gonna have more Twitter stuff later, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I don't really do the Twitter stuff, but uh, you do, I do. <laughs> <laughs> you know where we are on on Twitter, don't you i i we're on twitter dot com do you? <laughs> you'll find <laughs> no. us there somewhere <laughs> yeah no we, we yeah we're we're all over the internet actually. We've got our main hub, of course, which um, is the conversations.com, and then um, we've got links to all the other stuff over there. We've got our Facebook, which gets uh, it's, it's it's tracking a little bit. Yeah, it's there on Facebook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Facebook.com/slash conversations. We're at suations on Twitter. Mm-hmm. We've got the Instagram conversations over there. We got a spread shirt, shirt, shirt. We yeah. got a T public. Well. Oh, we've got um we make our own T shirts. Yes. You wouldn't know it because they're not available online. Um, we've got one so. shirt
1: available online. Um yes. We cleared out Spreadshirt to move everything to T Public. So uh Spreadshirt is empty and uh,
0: uh unfortunately so, so T-public. is T Public. <laughs> uh
2: huh. Yeah. So. Oh, we've got the uh the Camino shirt. Yes, we got Camino. Yes. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We have the I went to blank and all I got was blank. That's what we <laughs> Isn't got that compelling? That, what are we what are we calling it? Uh, What's The title of the that. The title shirt?
1: is uh lo- this lousy t-shirt. This lousy t-shirt. Yes, literally. It
0: is a lousy t-shirt. It is a lousy t-shirt.
1: <laughs> it has not one uh, redeeming or uh, clearly identifiable uh, Star Wars property on it, except for the word Camino. And, um, sorry, and I sorry. think
2: we spelled it with two I's. Yes, two... and uh, yeah, it's like Luke. <laughs> <laughs> keep it on the site. Uh, we don't but even have our logo on it. We can't. Because we can't.
1: No, we can't. So it's a text-based shirt. It's still funny, but uh, yes, Yes. we're still uh, a lot of our friends in the Red 5 Network, who we are a proud member of, by the way, and lots of great shows. I was getting
2: there. I just got sidetracked. Okay.
1: Um, But a lot of people have gone through that very recently. It seems like a clampdown or something that uh, all of our awesome shirts and our designs for whether it's KFP or or Murder Bears, all all those things are all gone. Not available for purchase, but...
2: uh, Also, our logo.
1: Our logo, yes, right, with uh, that stylized SW that's used all over the place
2: <laughs> by everyone. Yes, their by mother, a word that you- their aunts and uncles. Yes, their third cousins.
1: Yes, those are also all gone. Yes, so yeah, so t-shirts right now are no
2: good. <laughs> My advice to anyone that wants any of our t-shirts: as soon as they go online, buy them. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Fire because sale! We can't
2: get another opportunity. <laughs> we
1: have copies, only because we bought them immediately, and each of those yes. shirts now is one hundred twenty-five dollars a piece.
2: <laughs> <laughs> They're available in two sizes:
1: small and, uh, and double extra large, uh, and a couple of them with uh, with robin stains on them.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh man, ridiculous! Yes. So yeah, that's that's been our uh, our radio drama yes. of the week. Um yeah so uh we we are working on doing some reformatting and and um sort of changing up some some of the idea components to um be less infringy or yes. whatever mm-hmm. so yeah I guess that's that's that we will be back with more hopefully <laughs> maybe
1: <laughs> unless we're taken down for this content we might be
2: that's all right. That's why I have no social footprint, so that I can emerge victorious. With all these-
1: <laughs> As I crash and burn.
2: <laughs> well, it's bound to happen to one of us. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, so I guess um, with that with that being said, um, Hey there, Star Wars fans. This is Rob LeBarry from the Jedi Temple Archives podcast. Red 2 signing off.